improve their communication skills so they can help more people and help people more. I'm your host, Dr. Martin Harvey. I'm a chiropractor and I'm an expert in communicating the value of chiropractic. Today on the podcast, I'm joined by Dr. Dave Kale. Dave is a practicing chiropractor, practices here in Melbourne, Australia, and has done so for over 30 years. He also has a huge amount of experience outside of practice, where he was the president of the Spinal Research Foundation. I served on the board with him for many years. And then after stepping down from that, has continued to be super active in uh, Chiropractic Association, the Australian Chiropractors Association activities here in Australia, and most recently has become president of the Australian Chiropractors Association. And became the president in super challenging times with all the issues regarding COVID, etc, etc. I have a huge amount of admiration for Dave, so I'm really thrilled to have him on the podcast because I sort of think there's a lot that you can learn from people who do a lot of things, create a lot of change both in the profession and in their community, and are kind of quiet about it. They're not out there uh, sort of self-promoting and so on. So Dave, I think, has done a phenomenal job both with his practice but also um, in the profession more broadly. And he's got some really interesting perspectives on what we can learn and what the value of serving ideas and being part of something bigger than yourself can be. So I think there's lots we can learn from Dave. A couple of announcements. The certainty Um, 2.0 program is up and live. The link is via the show notes. It's an immersive workshop where you get to really think hard about some of the important things. You get to think about what do you really believe uh, in terms of chiropractic philosophy. And then once you've clarified the philosophy, how do you apply that philosophy? What's the paradigm that you're going to operate with? What's the model of subluxation that you're going to use? What are the rules around when people stay in your practice and when you refer them to somebody else or when you co-manage them? And what are the procedures to actually make that happen day to day? What's the testing that you're going to use? Get to answer all those questions. There's free lessons where you can get the idea of what the uh, the, uh, Certainty 2.0 program is about. Um, Check it all out in the link in the show notes. The Retention Recipe 2.0 is also uh, up and live. Um, The link is in the show notes. I've been talking a lot about that over the last few months, so I'm going to skip going into a detailed breakdown of it. It's really about setting up your communication for the first 12 visits to help people get the big picture of the value of prevention and performance-oriented chiropractic care. So... Now that we've done the announcements, please welcome to Under the Influence, Dr. David Kale. G'day, Dave. Thanks so much for joining me on the podcast. Hi, Martin. Thank you for having me. It's great to be with you. It's so good to have you. It's, we've been friends for many, many years, but I, you're so busy and you've got so many things going on. I'm super appreciative of you taking the time to be with us today. So thanks, mate. I know you've got well, a lot of plates spinning, so thank you. My pleasure, Martin. I uh, I love your podcast. I, I listen to it, and uh, in fact, I love uh, all the things you produce. Uh, 
helping chiropractors to communicate better. I think it's terrific. And, you know, I'm, I'm very pleased to be on. Thank you. Oh, thanks, mate. That's, I feel very honoured. So let's leap straight into it. So mm-hmm. um, let's get a little bit of background about the person that is now the esteemed president of the um, Australian Chiropractors Association, but it started a very long time ago, uh, well, at least over 40 years yeah. ago. <laughs> where, where were you born, Dave? I was born in Melbourne, Martin. Uh, yeah, born and bred in Melbourne, in the uh, and grew up in the southeastern suburbs, and uh, yeah, went to PIT back yep. in. Uh, started there in 1987, and graduated sometime thereafter, and and off off I went on my journey, my chiropractic journey. And I, I feel very fortunate that I that I found fairly early in in my life uh, what I really wanted to do, and and nothing's changed. It's awesome. So PIT, for those of you who are newer to the profession, is has now morphed into RMIT. Um, it's still in, it was in glamorous Bundura in that era anyway, but uh, name has changed, location not so much. So Dave, what would you say would be your favourite meal? Oh, my favourite meal, oh, I'm pretty keen on, on fish, fish on the barbie and uh, with a salad. That's about That's it, awesome. Martin. <laughs> It's pretty basic. Man has simple pleasures. Yeah. We have salmon. We have wild-caught salmon and, and or we have, um, you know, barramundi or, or flathead tails. Yeah. Yeah. I had somebody come into the practice the other day and say it was International Barramundi Day in response to <laughs> I had the uh, World Spine Day posters up in the practice and they said, <laughs> well, that, that was Sunday. Now it's, I can't remember what day it was. I think it was a Thursday or something. It's now International Barramundi Day. So, well, there's um, not going to be enough days in the year for all the uh, particular right. days we're having, is there? Yeah. And so best holiday you've ever had, and I'm assuming oh. it's going to be our 1999 trip to Bali, yeah. the <laughs> nights at the Surrey Club. Yeah, included. That, that, that's in a league all of its own, Martin. Okay. So, But once Second I come back best. from there... Second, yeah, second best. best. Um, then, yeah, I'd have to, you know, then the kids come into it, obviously. And yeah. uh, I guess with the kids, you, nothing beats Disneyland. Uh, yeah. we've, we've, we've been to Disneyland in, in France and, and also in, uh, in California. And, I mean, it's just it's magical. So yeah. I'd, have to, I'd have to say that, yeah. yeah. And we're actually going back there. We're heading in the new year. We're, we're going to be in California again. So we're going to visit oh. Disneyland again. So Fantastic. Yeah. Oh, that'll be yeah. awesome. Excellent. Now, I have some trepidation about the next question because I've known Mm -hmm. you for a long time. But, Dave, what sort of coffee are you under the influence of these days? Oh, that's that's a good question, Martin. My go-to is a a Japanese sencha. Um, (laughs) You know, the the ultimate politician there where I ask you a question (laughs) and you give me the answer you want rather than answer the question. Because I hate to break it to you, but sencha... Not a coffee, but anyway. Oh, is it? Is it? I'll let you have the oh. stage. Yeah, well, probably. You know, a lot of people like a matcha because you know it's ground up into a powder, and you apparently you get the the, the all the benefits of the whole leaf. But I'm I've never come. I'm, I can I don't really go to that. I like Japanese more than Chinese teas. I, I do. I do know it's a tea, Martin. But yeah, the truth is, I don't drink coffee. Um, not because of any reason other than I've just never. Gotten in, never liked it, never gotten into it. So I'm sorry about that. And I know that probably there's 40 or 50, maybe 80% of your listeners are going to be turning off right now. And uh, I just had to take that risk because it's the truth. Well, I guess <laughs> I think there, there may be a subgroup who look at it like, you know, how there's uh, monks and things who give up other worldly pleasures <laughs> for 
as a sort of form of sacrifice. I'm sort of looking at it like for the the productivity that you have in the service that you've given to the profession over all the years, that it's this self, self-flagellation that you have in <laughs> drinking tea and tents. It's well, like coffee comes yeah. along with it. Yeah, yeah that may be true. I, I don't know. I'm thinking of going, checking out a Giacuro. I'm not even sure that's how you pronounce it, but I, I know that's $50, $50 for 75 grams of the stuff. So, um, you know, it's. I don't know that it's too much of a um, too much of a sacrifice. Yeah, it sounds, it sounds like <laughs> but anyway, a, the, it's the Grange of teas by the sound. I of think. It. I think it is. Yeah. Excellent. Yeah. So, Dave, look, we've known each other for many years, and a big chunk of that was where we were both on the board of the Australian Spinal Research Foundation for many years. I was very fortunate to be on the board when you were president for a number of years, and then I was the president immediately after you. And um, we've both, you know, retired from those positions some years ago, but you've continued to be involved in service to chiropractic and you're now president of the ACA, which is a, it's a big job. It's a massive job. So, you know, I want to start off by acknowledging you for your service over so many years to, to chiropractic. Um, in that sort of context of you're still in full-time practice and you've uh, got a family, obviously, and you're, uh, uh, but you've taken on this massive role. So tell me, what's the influence that you're trying to have across all these different areas? Oh, thanks, Martin. And, and that was a joy uh, serving with you in those, on, on the ASRF. And um, look, I guess the influence I'm trying to have, um, if I could, sort of break it down i think about what we have to offer the world um in chiropractic and 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 i'd like to see us um delivering that uh to more people for a start individually more people um can benefit from what we do and um but more broadly um if we can influence the the broader healthcare paradigm because if you look at how we're going you know the incidence of chronic illness um you know the medication usage just continues to go up and we're not getting healthier um by any measure you want to take something needs to change and so you know that leads me to think that the current outside in kind of uh philosophy where we take very little responsibility for our own health and then look to a profession to to patch us up just isn't working and 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 chiropractic at its heart is is an inside out paradigm philosophy of, of healthcare where you do take responsibility for for how you live what you put into your body how you how you move how you think and um and in chiropractic you know the function of the nervous system and the, and the spinal system is, is, is central to that and if we can get that understanding more broadly in our community it has the capacity to be um to, to be world changing so i guess that's the influence I'd like to have. Now, that's yeah. a very grandiose sort of thing yeah. to say, but it's nevertheless true. You know, if we don't, if we don't start taking more responsibility for ourselves, then, um, you know, yeah. frankly, our time on this planet isn't going to be long. No. <laughs> no, true. Yeah, I think it's interesting when you look at that, we've got these two sort of parallel potential crises or, or crises. We've got the, the health crisis of our population and we've got an environmental crisis and, it's sort of interesting to me that so much of the discussion at a population, at a community, at a political level is very sort of outside in driven. You know, we just need the the miracle drug that 
stop sort of obesity. We just need the, you know, mm-hmm. the, that patch up. And similarly with the, the environment, it's about, you know, this not seeing our, it's our personal ecology in a holistic way, which I agree. I think chiropractic brings a really unique and potentially transformative lens to but it's also the same sort of thing. We're struggling on a macro level with the, the environment around the world. But yeah, mm, yeah, I agree. You know, Martin, we can we can place all our um all our eggs in the technology basket, and technology can help us. I mean, you know, wind and solar and and so on. But um, it, it's still you know, if our pervading paradigm is one of dominion yeah. over uh, nature, then I don't think it's going to service or serve service very well um as as opposed to if you look at some some you know ancient indigenous um, traditions around the world including our own aboriginal and torres strait islander sort of um um culture you know it's it's always it's it's very much about living in harmony uh with with nature and appreciating you know what nature gives to you and, and giving back where you can and i think that fits with the chiropractic paradigm very well Absolutely. So you, you've said that that's the influence that you're trying to have. And then it's over the last few years that you've sort of stepped up your involvement in the Chiropractors Association. So how do you see, is it, are you having the, that influence in terms of trying to help people live a healthier, happier life? Are you doing that directly through trying to promote public relations along a certain way or public awareness of chiropractic or is it influencing government? Is it all of those things? Tell me what, what's the yeah. breakdown of that? Okay. Yeah. It does need to be broken down. Thank you. Like what I've said so far is very sort of, um, you know, big picture and, and lofty. I guess my immediate thought in answer to that, Martin, is that, um, you know, we have our detractors out there and, 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 and uh, they would, they would very happily have us be reduced to a modality mm-hmm. or, or a technique um, where we fit in under the pervading paradigm and and, and do what we do. Um, whereas, you know, you and I and so many others understand that, well, chiropractic isn't a modality. It's a, it is a, um, a way of thinking, a way of being a philosophy. And, and um, that's where if, if, if we're reduced to that, then, um, we lose that that possibility of actually having that that broader effect on the world if we bring our uniqueness um, to the table and being separate and distinct, um, which is often said, uh, I think is, is 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 an important factor, and it doesn't equate with being um, non-collaborative. You can be separate and distinct and bring something different to the to the table and, and offer up what you have, your your point of view, the lens through which you view things and collaborate, you yeah. know, because we don't replace anyone else yeah. by doing that. We're not a threat to anyone else. Yeah. We add this different perspective. Yeah, oh, that's awesome. And um, so how have you found working, you know, in this sort of high-level role in the association? Um, it, it always seems... like tough work yeah well yeah i I don't think anyone probably wants to get into politics (laughs) you know i certainly didn't and uh and i didn't see myself as as, as doing that um but at every you know fundamentally politics is is about relationships and how we get on with people so Mm -hmm. it it happens at every it happens at every level so we're all political to some to some degree and 
And uh, how have I found it? It's challenging, man. I can't yeah. deny that. And um, but it's a it's a stimulating challenge, and uh, and it's it's one. I mean, going back to our time on spinal research, when you have a group of people with a with a united um, um, uh, purpose, hmm. it's a great it's a great thing to be a part of. And you face your challenges, and you and and it builds. Uh, a wonderful bond. So the people that I get to go on this journey with uh, are, are a joy um, mm. for me. And um, you know, it's it's it, it's it's not easy because we do have, as I said before, our detractors. Um, and but you know, I believe we're making ground. Yeah. Um, and and every little bit of ground you make is is you know is a joy and gives you impetus to to make further ground. And I think one of the things that I've observed within our profession that I sort of would like to shine a light on and, you know, you feel free to take this wherever you want and agree or disagree with me is that I sort of feel like if we look at the, the spectrum of perspectives that we have within chiropractic from very much a, a, a vitalistic perspective on one end of the spectrum where people are emphasising that the role of chiropractic is about helping people function at their optimal. It's not really about symptoms and relating to symptoms is almost like a, a sullying of chiropractic through to the other end who would self-describe as evidence-based where they're saying no chiropractic needs to integrate into the system as a treatment for back pain, neck pain, headaches and limit ourselves to the, that musculoskeletal treatment there's so when you're a an association representing the profession there's a real challenge in reconciling the the spectrum and you, you maybe don't have to go to the full extremes but i also think that there's a there's also some other issues that an association, as well as having that broad church, so to speak, of uh, constituents that you're needing to represent, there's also this overlay of uh, the regulations around what you can and can't say chiropractic is valuable for in, a, mm. in an advertising mm. sense that we have in in with our chiropractic board in Australia, and but that differs from other countries. So we often have this other layer of tension where we might have people who are highly influenced from people in other areas, like say the US, where there's much more focus on individual freedom of expression. There's not an expectation that you have to have a randomised controlled trial to say that something might help. Um, that then people will be informed and say, well, what, why is our association giving a different message to what I could run a Facebook ad on if I was in the US? And you're like, well, there's mm. a very different context. Um, but I also feel like that sometimes our association is criticised for uh, things that it's really like unrealistic to, to and not effective to, to message in a particular way. And I, I guess I wanted to applaud the association uh, for the work that they've done in representing a broad church. And with the, the approach that they're talking, it feels like it aligns with the approach that I talk about in communication where plenty of people see chiropractors for pain and can get great results with that. And there's the potential for us to bridge to a prevention oriented discussion and phase of care and to talk about the potential that people have a, a, um, 
having their body work better so that they can do the things that are important to them in that sort of performance or, uh, and I sort of feel like the Chiropractors Association has done an amazing job of navigating that tricky line of representing a broad church and functioning in an environment where you have to be responsible in terms of uh, not giving people information to use in their uh, practice that might violate the regulations that they're, they're practicing under. Yes. Well, there's a lot there, Martin. Oh, sorry, um, I, yeah, no, I think, uh, look, thank you for that. I think the association has a long way to go, by the way, um, but that's in certainly what we're endeavouring to do. I, if I could start, I think where we get into trouble uh, as chiropractors, certainly in Australia, is when we when we talk about conditions. And, um, and, you know, perhaps there's not such a need to talk about conditions if we talk about a salutogenic model of care where, you, where, the, where you're looking for, you know, what helps us to be healthy? Well, you know, having good spinal and nervous system function is, you know, probably a pretty good thing for that. And here's a growing evidence base for that. Um, uh, that's fine. Um, you know, uh, Reggie Gold came along and kind of... Um, I believe, you know, move the needle in terms of um, instead of chiropractic being for this and for that and the cause of this and the cause of that, well, you know, let's get back to um, it just makes sense to have good function in your spine. Um, and then um, but we still seem to be stuck in, 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 a, in more of a, a mechanistic paradigm. It's, it's funny also talking about mechanism versus vitalism and, and the perception of vitalism out there is that, you know, if you talk along those lines, you, you're wearing a crystal around your neck and you, and you've got five salt lamps in your, in your, um, in your lounge room and yep. you've got a teepee out in your backyard and saluting to the, the sun, which is all okay if you are, by the way, yep. but you know, um, if, if you look at, well, what's not vitalism and then you have mechanism and most mechanism when it practically comes down to it is um, the application of Newton's laws yeah. uh, in our world today. And on a macro level, that works. You know, yeah. we build bridges, we, um, we do things. And, and, and Newton was an absolute genius. But, you know, for 120 years now, it's been out of date when yeah. you go to the finer points of uh, what this universe is about and how the human body functions. Um, so, you know, vit vitalistic concepts um, are not that wacky when you start to realise that all, if you start from the point of view, well, all we're really saying is, you know, the whole is more than the sum of, a, sum of its parts and, and life itself involves something more than just physical and chemical reactions in a Newtonian sense. Yes. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. So, so in a, I know I haven't answered a lot of your question, Martin, but the, no, I do believe that the association has a long way to go, but I, I see great potential for us in, um, and, and, there, and herein also lies, lies the difficulty of helping people to understand what we do because that's the problem we have at the moment, the, the community at, at large doesn't yep. understand what we do yep. very well. And, um, and yet we have this drive to meet consumers where they're at, mm. which is when they have symptoms, when they yep. have back pain, neck pain, headaches. So how do we 
marry up a, a broader understanding of what we do and that salutogenic model with um, meeting people where they're at and not yeah. being, you know, arrogant to, um, which is really not meeting people where they're at. Yeah. Um, so that's our challenge, but I, I certainly see that as a challenge we can meet and, yeah. and a challenge we must meet and, and nothing truly great or revolutionary um, is going to come easy. We, we, we've got to understand that hey, we, we need to put a bit of work into this and, um, and work out how, how we're going to do it. Yeah, absolutely. And so in terms of chiropractors in Australia who are not members of the association, which, you know, I, I sort of feel like part of your professional responsibility, part of the, we, we get to live these phenomenal uh, lives where we get to help people, we get to earn a good income and live a great lifestyle. It sort of feels to me like the it's a responsibility that you're a part of an association, uh, but to almost as part of the saying thanks for what registration and the position that we have in uh, the society has. Um, in terms of that, people often talk about, well, what are the member benefits? I kind of look at it the reverse. Like you just, it just doesn't matter whether you get anything back. It's really about being represented and supporting something that advocates for chiropractic so that more people, uh, so that you're kind of lobbying on behalf of us with government, plus you're doing the uh, public education piece of the puzzle. Why else do you think should people? Why else should people be members? Of, if you're in Australia, the Australian Chiropractors Association, or elsewhere, um, your local association. Yeah, uh, thanks for that question, Martin. I, I feel the same as you, and I've always thought the most important thing for me is is the ab- advocating, and uh, a lot of that goes on behind uh, <laughs> closed doors and is not seen, and that therein lies the problem. That a lot of people think, well, what are you doing? Yeah. Um, you know, how are you advocating? Well, this, this, and this, we, can, we can't really tell you everything. Yeah. Um, but, um, you know, the Safer Care Victoria, the, mm. the mandates, you know, various things, um, we're working, working hard to advocate for our members. Um, and, but what, you know, what are the benefits? The benefits ultimately are in numbers. Yeah. If, we have, if we have strong representation of our profession, then that has a louder voice. And a more effective voice when we're talking to government or uh, policymakers. So um, uh, yeah. that that's where it is. And um, you know, I, I really urge your listeners if they're not a member of an association which represents their values. I, I, um, and um, and that involves some trust as well. You know, uh, we're calling certainly calling on people to trust us to. To, to fight the fight for them. And, um, and as a member, you get to have your say, you get to put in what you, what you think. But it's funny, Martin, we get, we get pieces of uh, communication, emails yeah. uh, from non-members um, or even from members sometimes saying, you know, um, they just don't understand why we're not doing anything on this, this and this, but they haven't actually read anything that yeah. we've sent out or watched any of the videos that we've put out, which explain yeah. what we've done yeah. on this, this, and this. Yeah. It's kind of it's kind of funny sometimes, yeah. but um, we hope we're at, we're at about forty seven percent of the membership of the registered chiropractors in Australia at the moment. We'd love to get if we got that up to sixty percent. Um, yeah. our our power, our capacity to affect change, our capacity to to um, influence. The broader community with a with a more full understanding of what chiropractic is and how it has the potential to help not only them but um, 
you know, our world, then yeah. it, 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 it increases exponentially. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. There is that power in numbers. And um, yeah. you mentioned that, um, you know, part of it is that trust. And I sort of look at the, the essentially, you know, we're trusting the people who are representing us on the, the National Board of the Association. And I would look at it and think with people like yourself and Damien Christoph, Anthony Coxon, Billy Chow, um, uh, who am I forgetting? Angela Todd. And- Angela Todd and Karen Kaleski. You've got a pretty amazing group of chiropractors, a pretty amazing group of people and people that I know and uh, regard their intellect, their thinking, their ethics, and also their perspective on chiropractic. So I think probably there's you know never been a more important time to be part of the association. So I guess if you're listening to this and you're not currently an ACA member, I'd strongly encourage you to get on it. I'll have the link to the sign-up page in the show notes. So, Dave, what influenced you to get involved in chiropractic? Oh, back in the day, Martin. Yes. Um, well, we grew up with a, a health philosophy. Uh, my mother was a receptionist at a naturopath. And uh, so we, we grew up with lots of herbs and stuff. And um, but that didn't seem like a fit. And, and we did have chiropractic, but only on a symptomatic basis if we had a problem with our back or our neck or headaches, um, funnily enough. Uh, but it was effective. Uh, but I, I did remember, remember thinking when I was in, the, in high school, oh, I don't really want to you know, treat sore backs all day. That sounds a bit boring. So um, I went off and studied engineering. But during when I, while I was doing that, um, I met a, a guy who was in fourth year, Brian Sherwood, and uh, he started to tell me a bit more of the picture of what chiropractic is about. And funnily enough, I went, I went and sat in on a fourth year lecture. He was in fourth year at, at TIT, and and uh, I remember it was an Alan Terrett lecture. Oh. <laughs> And uh, here am I, like I'm a stranger, I'm a, an engineering student. And he said, no, come on, come on, come on in. So I did. And, uh, and, I, and I was like, wow, this sounds really, really fascinating. And uh, anyway, so I changed over and, and, and uh, started studying chiropractic. So that's, that's where that began. For those of you who didn't go through um, Pitt or RMIT, Alan Terrett was a, uh, still is an amazing guy. He's widely published um, in the chiropractic literature, but had a, a uh, taught a lot of neurology and, uh, and very sort of dense areas. So I can imagine coming in as a, to a fourth year level class mm. as a completely naive to it would have been quite challenging, I imagine. But obviously. Yeah, I don't remember the content, <laughs> but I remember the feeling. Yeah. And uh, I thought, wow, there's something in this. And and then, yeah, and then once I got in, it was it was from there. I had some great lecturers. Dean Lyons was a, was a big influence on me. Yeah. So and, um, tell us a bit about yeah. Dean. He was just a just a just a just a great human being, Martin. And uh, would open up discussion, open up discussion about scope of practice, which was perhaps what I really love and he taught us Gonstead lines and yeah. and so on and uh, and that really I was fascinated and I was hooked right then so you know from from that then a bunch of us used to go down to Max Joseph's, Joseph's practice in Mornington on the weekend and he uh, practiced Gonstead and and uh, the biggest thing there was he, he we, we started hearing stories he would tell us about the people who'd been in during the week and and uh, we'd just be sitting there listening to him thinking, wow, this is, and, and, and the next thing he said was, you've just got to go to dynamic growth. 
and so we didn't we didn't need any other uh reason he max said you've got to go so we went we went on a bus up there and that kind of set us off on a path of, of learning which continues to this day so just a little bit of uh, filling in the blanks there for people. So Max Joseph was a, a le- is a legendary chiropractor in Australia, practised on the morning peninsula in uh, just out, I guess it's still part of Melbourne really, isn't it? And uh, was a Gonstead teacher as well. And he, what was the book that he wrote? Live, was it Live Again? Live Again. Live yeah. Again with chiropractic. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah. An amazing little book of case studies. And mm. um, DG was Dynamic Growth which was a uh, very big, an influential seminar started by uh, really, I guess, uh, John and Judy Hinwood and other group of people around them that was through the uh, 80s, 90s, 2000s, very, very influential in chiropractic and sort of is starting to be rekindled here. So exciting times. All right, so Mm. we've got Dean, we've got Max, we've got DG. Any other chiropractic influences along the way? All right. Uh, well, I'll keep it brief, Martin. But um, my two main mentors early in my um, when I after after graduation were um, Alan Brady and uh, and Jeff Airy. Yeah. Um, Alan Brady uh, Thompson was, was you know Thompson Technique and up in Wodonga and and Jeff Airy in in Parks in New South Wales just for, for different reasons had a huge influence on me. I'm very thankful for the influence they had. And I guess I would come back to thinking about them. Um, you know, uh, I can remember John Demartini also yeah. was an influence, and and his four pillars of health being love, certainty, gratitude, and um, uh, presence. Yeah. And uh, and I used to think that these chiropractors that adjusted with that something, you know, that had something special, they they seem to have at least one of those four pillars in in you know, through yeah. the roof. And I, I think with Alan, it was certainty. Mm. It just extraordinary certainty in, in what he did and the value of it. And, and with Jeff, um, just his love and his presence was, was yeah. extraordinary to observe and wonderful to observe. And, and you know, from then on, I, I, I used to really try and be, you know, bring aspects of, of both of those guys through to what I did. And, and that kind of went off from there. And then, and I must um, say, you know, the last 10 years, I've been very, uh, quite heavily influenced by Sue Brown's work, um, yeah. who, uh, who, you know, who, her, she started BGI. Mm. Uh, well, BGI is just a description of her work, really. And um, that's been a, a, a terrific journey of disco- discovery. Okay, so maybe we haven't, I don't think we've spoken about BGI on the podcast. So are you okay to just maybe, what does BGI stand for? Sure, sure. Um, BGI is biogeometric integration. And, and obviously, I, mean, I can't give you a full rundown, but, but Sue, Sue was an amazing chiropractor, you know, as all these people we're, we're talking about are. But, and, and sadly, she died in 2015. But um, she... I guess the, at the heart of her work, she looked at chiropractors doing all different techniques and some of them were masters in, in, in what they did. And like I said before, they brought that something. And, and her question was, well, why are they masters? Is, and mastery in what we, do, what we do, is it just something we stumble and bumble our way along and hopefully achieve at some magical point when we're, you know, 25 years in? Um, Or is it something you can actually study, um, break down a little bit, 
and and actively learn. And that's kind of where it came from. So BGI isn't a technique. It's an understanding of chiropractic and, and, and it can be used through any technique. Um, and that's one thing I really love about it. Um, so I think there's too much um, bickering between techniques. Yeah. <laughs> someone someone who is awesome at their technique is an awesome chiropractor. Yeah. You know, uh, and ultimately, like, you know, no, nobody else on the, on the, in the universe can do Martin Harvey except yeah. you, Martin, yeah, yeah. you know? Yeah. yeah, yeah. And, and so it's your, it's your technique. Yeah. And, uh, and, and likewise for everyone else. And we all have something unique to offer, but how do we discover that, that unique thing that's congruent to us? Obviously we initially, at least we need to learn from others yeah. and, um, you know, our conceptualizations of the, of the subject of, of subluxation, the adjustment and the chiropractic way of thinking throughout the last 120, yeah, however many years, yeah, yeah. Um, has a rich, a rich experience. And, you know, experience is one, one third of, well, it's, it's, it's one leg of the three-legged stool in terms of evidence-based practice. So, yeah. you know, I, I'm, I, it disturbs me that hijacking of the of the word evidence based practice yeah. by the those that are right up the mechanistic end in our yeah. bell curve. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Well, that sounds super interesting. So we've got um, chiropractic influences. Would you say outside of? Oh, would you say outside of chiropractic influences, any other life influences that you feel have oh, had a significant um, impact on the way you see the world, the way that oh, you? Yeah, yeah, Bob Dylan. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah, and 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 different authors. I mean, yeah, absolutely. I mean, Deepak Chopra. Um, you know, and I could, I could mention a lot of others. Um, um, generally, along along those lines, that you know, a lot, a lot of, quite a few physicists have, have had a, quite an in, in influence on me. That's a, it's a pet sort of thing I like to read about, and and how that the higher reaches of science um, sort of converges in a way with um, Eastern philosophical yeah. thought. Yeah. Mm. So you're sort of talking um, about the, that alignment to, between sort of quantum mechanics and quantum yeah. theory and, yep, yeah, yeah interesting. Yeah, 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 going back to, um, um, oh, I've had a mental blank on his name, but he wrote the Tao of Physics, Fritjof Capra. Yes. And uh, then, you know, then you, Rupert Sheldrake and yeah. Um, just, yeah, a lot of people like that. But in terms of how I live my life, <laughs> um, Bob Dylan yeah. and, uh, and um, you know, so I love music. I love golf, you yeah. know. Does, yeah. I didn't know Bob Dylan was a keen golfer. He was, oh, uh... well, I don't know that he is, <laughs> but <laughs> I've just brought yeah. something extra to the table. Yeah. yeah. You picture yeah. him as a golfer. Yeah. Well, yeah, I, I yeah. wonder what sort of golfer he would be. Yeah. I don't know. Yeah. 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 Mm. Awesome. Awesome, awesome. Um, yeah, aside from that, I, yeah, nothing off the top of my head, man. I'm, no. I'm pretty, pretty boring because, uh, <laughs> you know, things are channeled into some very clear things. I remember you were at my 40th birthday party yep. and I can, I can remember when I stood up there to, to say something. I said, well, my life is only, you know, chiropractic, friends and family and golf and music. That's it. <laughs> and, and then for six months of the year, Tigers are in there, I'm assuming. Well, yeah. yeah, absolutely. And yeah. Um, that doesn't hold the same angst that it used to. <laughs> it's been pushed yeah. out by other things. 
things have been salved there with three premierships in four years, you know. Yeah. You probably yeah, don't understand how that feels. <laughs> yeah, I've just had those two in a row, I guess. But, yeah, it's yes. been a while, it should yeah. be said. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So, Dave, I want to, first of all, thank you for your time in coming to share your journey and your perspective and your wisdom with the Under the Influence audience. But bigger than that, I want to thank you for the service that you have and continue to give to the profession. It's uh, it's admirable and it's selfless. And, you know, I look at how much easier you could make things for yourself in terms of more time for golf, more time for music, more time for. Oh, I hope it's. I hope at least the busyness has displaced some tea time, at least some uh, <laughs> sipping of tea. But uh, anyway, no, I digress. I do. I think uh, what you're doing is amazing and uh, you, and very selfless in the literal meaning of that. You know, you're putting the profession and the people that could benefit from it ahead of what might be easy and for you to do. And so, thank you. Appreciate it. Thanks so much. Thanks, Martin. No, yeah, look, it's not selfless. Um, you know, uh, I'm, I'm beneath no one and I'm, and I'm above no one. Um, so I'm, I'm part of it as well. And um, I, I'm, I'm honoured to be, you know, have the positions that I ha- have had and, and have now. And uh, I'm thankful for people who voted me into those positions. And um, I'm th- thankful for, for you, Martin, for, you know, you're having a direct effect on people's ability to be successful in practice. Um, and, um, and, and we need that. We need that very much. So thank you. And uh, thanks for our friendship as well. Thanks, mate. Appreciate it. If you like today's episode, then you will love the Retention Recipe 2.0. It's an online workshop that is broken into 33 lessons and has over seven hours of content which will teach you to confidently communicate the value of proactive chiropractic in the first 12 visits. So if we want to have long-term retention, if we want people to stay with us for months, years, and reap the really amazing health benefits that happen with long-term chiropractic care, we need to set the foundation for that in the first 12 visits. So the approaches in the retention recipe 2.0 are based on state-of-the-art influence strategies that are effective, ethical, and they're enjoyable to use. They will help you to have more fun, less stress, and increase your retention, which means more practice growth and less always being on the hunt for new people. Check it out in the link in the show notes.